the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faster than a speeding blooper. It's Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Yes, it is. It's hump day on Faith Talk Live. Happy Wednesday. Rick is out with his son Jake today, but look who's here. Hello, everyone. Good morning. The one and only Tiana Bush. You know. It's great to be here. Yes. There is one. Only one. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only one. The world could not handle two Tiana Bush. No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) The world doesn't need two. Only only one is, is plenty. And then over here where Tiana normally is are more than a receptionist. I'm so raggy. I am here. Yes, you are. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, today uh, in the green room, we've got uh, waiting for us today, uh, Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. They're here to talk about uh, their church leaders conference that's coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, the last time we had folks in, actually, it was Joe's uh, husband uh, that was on with us, Vince. Uh, and we just had just thousands of viewers uh-huh, on Facebook because they because uh, Ravi's shared it and and people love Ravi Zacharias mm-hmm. and uh, so we're, we're looking forward to having them on and talking about that and all kinds of good stuff but before we get to all that let's talk about a few other things first of all first of all Shamso <laughs> I saw on her way in posted on Facebook that you passed by the uh, what is it called the now theater. the Buckhead Theater mm-hmm. uh, and people were waiting in line for Hanson yeah there was like five or six ladies in a chair, and I was at the bank, and I was like, no. And I'm, like, trying to look up who's playing, and it was like, Hanson. I was like, seriously, do you not have a job that you could sit there at 8 <laughs> okay, o'clock in the morning? First of all, if I Hansen. didn't have to be here, I'd be sitting out there to see Hanson. Are you it's for real? So you know who Hanson is. Oh, duh, okay. But the thing yeah. is, it's general mission. Do you need to sit there? You when are they get coming? In. Apparently they want to be in They're first. playing here today? It's sold out, yeah. Like like that's tonight, why, tonight. That's so they're, why they're sitting waiting. there now. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! They're probably hoping to get a touch of the hair. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. Do they even still have the hair? No, I, they, they don't. don't. Because yeah. I saw them last uh, at the Tabernacle last year, um, and I was like, I felt like an old woman <laughs> <laughs> sitting there, and I only knew one song. So, yeah. <laughs> did you guys know that Hanson came out with their own line of craft beer called Mm Hops? Mm-hops. <laughs> yes. I see what they did there. <laughs> Look at They're that. clever. How cute I is know. That? All right. So there are folks in Atlanta who don't have a life. I mean, who don't have a job wow. and who are sitting, sitting outside, waiting to yeah. be first in line. It's like, how far do you have to walk to go to the bathroom? Did you bring water? Did you yeah. bring snacks? I would just maybe lose they it. took the day off. No, but yeah. there's construction going on right next door. I would lose my mind. Man, that's earlier than some people do for like uh, you know the Black Friday and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Sales. No, it depends. I will tell you guys that one day a few months ago, I stood in line for two hours to get a year supply of chicken salad for free. From where? From Chicken Salad Chick. That's good stuff. So. It's good. And the, I did, hours and I got for it. For that, I can see that. Yeah. But waiting all day long mm-hmm. just to be in front for Hanson? Yeah. Uh, and it's Buckhead Theater, so there's really not a bad seat in the house. No, that's yeah. true. It's yeah. pretty open But I guess they want to be right there at the stage. They want to feel the sweat. They want them to spit mm-hmm. on them as they sing. Right. Okay. okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see what else is going on. Uh, yesterday, my son Joshua got contacts. 
He looks so much older now. He uh-huh. he looked at himself. He's like, I don't think I look older, but when like, did he grow up? I know, I know. Posted a picture on Facebook and uh, and it's gotten lots of uh, lots of traction from that. <laughs> but he put him. He tried to put him in today, and apparently the the solution that it sat in overnight was hurting his eyes, and so he couldn't put him in. So he was all bummed out because yeah. he wanted everybody at school to see him. So yeah, Aww. there's always time to get some new yeah. solution. There's different. Yeah. Kinds, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so we'll find something else. Anyway, that's, that's what's going on in the Ratcliffe household, aside from getting ready for the big wedding coming up on Saturday. <gasps> yes. Yes, the wedding How do you of the feel? century. Are you excited? Nervous? I am. I'm, well, I'm excited about, you know, family coming in town. I'm, right. Obviously, I'm excited for David and Bethany. Although, yesterday, they had to change their uh, honeymoon plans at the last minute. <gasps> oh, no. Because they were planning to go to the Dominican Republic, which is about to get hit by Hurricane Maria. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Which hit Puerto Rico today. I saw some mm-hmm. video from that. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't it seen it. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. pray for those folks in, in Puerto Rico. It's going to go just north of the Dominican Republic, but they thought, eh, just to be safe, uh, they called Delta. They let them change. It, they're going to go to Jamaica now. So. Oh, that's okay. fun. Oh, fun. Okay, great. Yeah. So they're going to go hang out there in Montego Bay. Maybe oh, in that's a year beautiful. when yeah. they celebrate their one year anniversary. Maybe they can go there back to the Dominican. Yeah. Yeah. So. Not around hurricane season. <laughs> so there, there's a little bit of a crisis averted. Uh, Bethany was quite uh, stressed out when I got home yesterday before yeah. all that changed. So. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a fun time there. Uh, and then just a couple of other stories here uh, that you guys, I'm sure, will be very interested mm-hmm. in. Uh, first of all, not that either of you need it, but I do. Um, there's a study that shows, you know, when you're dieting, that being less restrictive when you diet is better than being more restrictive. Interesting. Hmm. How does that work? I don't know, but apparently <laughs> it says uh, these Australian researchers found that if you break up your diet for two weeks... It could lead to more weight loss. So, like, you diet for two weeks, and then you can just have sense. normal stuff for two weeks. It makes sense. I okay. like that. Sure. Yeah. I'll like go with that. that. Won't yeah. deprive yourself of having a Twinkie. or Exactly. Because no. I, do, I do need to go back on a diet. It's just every time I think about it and I'm standing in line at a fast food place, it's either salad or hamburger. I'm thinking the hamburger <laughs> looks so much better. I feel like but if you diet... get it without the bun... I think it'll be then a Then why would healthy. I even get it, it at yeah, all? It's messy that way. And just, <laughs> with so lettuce? Much, I think diet is a, is the wrong word to use. When I think I'm not like I want to go on a diet, I just want a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, I think that's a better way to look at it for me. All right, all right. Well, continuing the whole food thing. Uh, apparently, this past weekend in Jalisco, Mexico, they made the world's largest bowl of guacamole. Do y'all like oh, guacamole? Yep, yes, I do. Lord. Wow, mm-hmm. this was quite the bowl of guacamole. They used over twenty five thousand avocados. 750 onions, 90 bundles of cilantro, what? and the uh, the bowl of guac ra- uh, weighed 6,500 pounds. Oh, gosh. No way. I would have been diving in with my chin. Straight up diving in with my chin. scuba diving through yes. that bowl. Oh, man. Doesn't oh, that sound good? Oh, my gosh. It yeah. sounds delicious. And it was officially certified by Guinness as wow. the world's largest bowl. Can That's I do insane. that with queso? Oh, see now, now and then I think Leslie will come down from DC. Oh man, <laughs> a great big bowl of queso! You can't go wrong with that. That would be awesome. All right, then finally to top it all off, Oreos. What y'all, y'all, y'all like? I Oreos? love Oreos. Oreos. Yes, that, that was not I was a real. Say, I like to crunch them up and then put them in milk. That's weird. So you like floaties in your milk? I do like floaties in my milk. (laughs) Okay, anyway. uh, Oreo is putting out a limited edition cookie butter flavor for the fall season. No. Y'all know what cookie butter is? Uh I love cookie butter. We had some in the break room yesterday. Yeah, somebody put some in there. Yeah, I thought it was He's like, seriously, he comes in here with his boxes and boxes of stuff, and he was like, oh, I have cookie butter. I was like... 
I'm there. Yeah, I stole four or five of those. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. So they're putting out a cookie butter flavor uh, in addition to their other flavors that they have, including, I didn't hear about these, apple pie. I've seen these. Pumpkin mm-hmm. spice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mocha. Red velvet and even orange flavored Halloween. No. I actually Halloween. have the Dunkin' Donuts mocha flavor at my apartment right now. Mm. They they taste like coffee. Do they? They do. Yeah, they're pretty good. Okay. I like coffee, but I don't know if I would try it. Really? Yeah. You're not adventurous like that. No. I'm, how about any of those other ones? Apple no. pie, pumpkin spice, mm-hmm. mocha. Anything? No. No. Okay. I'm most excited when Halloween comes around and they release the orange Oreos. I know that they taste the same as the regular, but I just think that they're better. Like, I always buy, like, six packs of them. The color is orange, but the flavor is not orange. Yeah, it's the same. Okay. The color, yeah. Mm -hmm. And double stuff or regular? I like regular, Mm, but I believe the orange ones are double stuffed. Mm. Double stuffed. The more cream, the better. I love (laughs) it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now that we've made everybody hungry, um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll bring in the folks from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. They've got uh, a big church leader conference coming up. Folks, uh, like... Obviously, Ravi Zacharias is going to be speaking there. Joe Vitale, who uh, we have on the show. Uh, Louis Giglio is going to be speaking at it. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up October 3rd through 5th. So we'll tell you all about that. Find out all about uh, this. First, I believe it's their first one that they've been doing. So awesome. That is all coming up in just a minute on the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. Shamso, thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming in. Enjoy the Hanson concert uh-huh. tonight. I will not be there. I will be actually line. be at babys- yeah. babysitting Bible you know, study. You know you'll be there. You know no. you'll be there. You'll be calling up your Bible studies. And, uh, uh, I'm a little sick. I'm not going to make it. it. <laughs> Bob. Yeah. All right. We'll talk with the folks from Robbie Zacharias up next on Faith Talk Live. Talk to five. You're listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Yes, indeed. It is the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. Rick Probst is out today, but look who's here. Tiana Bogino, everybody. Yes, she is. Looking fabulous, <laughs> thank as you, always. Thank you. Yes, she was out on Monday. We missed you. I was. I missed you guys, too. No, you didn't. You I were, did. You were hanging out in North Carolina I having was. a good time. It was fun. Yeah, it was rough. You it were was really... suffering for the Lord, weren't you? I was, yeah, yes. Yeah, you were. I'm sure you were. Uh, anyway, welcome to the Wednesday edition of Faith Dog Live. We're so uh, pleased to be joined in studio once again by folks from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Last time, back in July, we had Vince Vitale on the show, but his better half is here today. Joe, step on up to the microphone there, if you would. Welcome. Thank you so much. Good morning. It's great to be here. Last time you had an Italian-American accent. This time you've got the Brit with you. So. Oh, see, give me this any day over the Italian-American accent. You might have to translate. I love, I love Vince. <laughs> love Vince to death, but this this is awesome. So so tell us, where are you from? Where, where does the accent come great. from? Great. So I grew up in London, a uh-huh. um, little bit more of a secular country. So I've had a lot of fun moving to Atlanta about uh, nine months ago and just right. getting used to a very different culture. I had a lot of fun, actually, when I came through passport control at the airport and I was kind of taken off for an interview and someone sat me down and said, so you work for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries? And I said, yes, I do. And thinking, am I in some sort of trouble? And he just goes, <laughs> he goes I love Ravi. Oh, and then wow. interviewed me for about 40 minutes, but he didn't ask me a single question about my immigration. It was all about um, how I interpreted the Bible. Yeah. So we had fun with that. Definitely you didn't have to be place. anywhere at the time, did you? I, mean, I know, but I was very tired when <laughs> yeah. the time changed. But I thought, wow, I'm really living in a different culture now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Fun. So you grew up in, in London. That's right. I grew up in London. My dad was a pastor, you know, very secular context, so, yeah. which is fun working for this ministry now because I grew up, you know, as a Christian, but in a place where most people weren't. So always having to answer people's hard questions yeah. about the faith. And they had a lot of them. OK, so I've got a lot of questions about London because you yeah. hear a lot about Europe and and the church kind of in, in decline. I, I wouldn't say kind of. I, I would mm-hmm. say probably very much in decline. Yes. Uh, how is it being a pastor 
in Europe, yeah. in London specifically? You know, it's uh, Europe's interesting because on the one hand, it is challenging. There's increasing secularization, less people going to church. It's definitely not seen as an authority in that culture. But on the other hand, it's an exciting missional opportunity because right. when you say you're a Christian in England, it really means something. <laughs> you've had to count the cost. You know, you're going against the cultural flow. So, right. And also you've really had to decide for yourself, is this something I want to live for? Am I willing to lay it all down mm-hmm. uh, to follow this when it's going to be challenging? So you meet a lot of Christians who are on fire and London in particular is exciting. There's so much church planting going on, so much mission. So I actually loved growing up there because the opportunity, I mean, you're literally looking around and and the harvest is white in terms of just um, so many people who are hungry for truth and and desiring to know whether God exists or not. And the opportunities are endless. And I would imagine, because you you were a school at Oxford, uh, correct? And uh, especially at a school like Oxford, you would probably see a lot of um, anti-Christian thought Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I was, um, my PhD was in Old Testament studies, but in a secular uh, department in the university. So that was particularly Which challenging. Which is interesting. <laughs> you That's have right. Old Testament studies, but it's a secular department. That's interesting. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was really a testing time to figure out, you know, what, what is true about the Bible and the God of the Bible in particular. I think it's an interesting culture to be in. It used to be that people would look to the Bible for morality, but now I think a lot of people want to blame the Bible right. for morality. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have real struggles with it. But that was a great experience to go through to have to really get back into the text and say okay god who are you show me the truth of who you are show me how good your character is why you're just why you're loving and actually ironically i found as i studied you know i think a little bit of bible study can sometimes be confusing but a lot leads to clarity and confidence Mm -hmm. and i actually found wow god's better than Mm -hmm. i thought Mm -hmm. not worse so that that was a a good thing to go through as a christian to have to really get to know my bible and get to know the god of the bible and realize wow you're amazing and there is life with you. All right. So, and, and you got your PhD there, did, correct? So yeah. what what was your main field of study? Um, so I was looking at women and beauty in the Old Testament. It was basically a way into talking about a challenge a lot of people have. Is the Bible sexist? That's something I hear on university campuses all mm-hmm. the time. Um, my cousin was saying to me last year, I can never become a Christian because the Bible's just too sexist. You know, it has huh. nothing good to say to me. And I think that's so far from the truth. So yeah. I wanted to really look at that question and, and help women to see actually not only, you know, is this good news for you, but actually the very um, affirmation and value that you long to find. It's found right at the beginning of the Bible when it says that men and women alike are made in the image of God. And that's yeah. something that can't be yeah. taken from mm-hmm. you. you know? So actually, it's, it's an amazing truth uh, in a world where often there's struggle and, and oppression for women and they go through a lot of things that actually the, the God of Christianity is the God who made them and loves them. We're talking to Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from Robbie Zacharias International Ministries and the Zacharias Institute. Um, and so I'm sure you probably get a lot of questions from women and men uh, you know, about, about that field of study because obviously in the New Testament, you know, Paul talks about yeah. women not leading um, and and some people might say, well, it was cultural at that time. What what did you yeah. find out in your studies? In yeah, so I was actually really focused more on the Old Testament, right. but um, but I think Paul gets a bad rap, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. The poor man actually, when when you're really studying what he's saying in the culture, it's written in. It's so radically countercultural, you know. Mm-hmm. The kind of things he says, you know, people often will point to, oh, wives submit to your husbands, and we right. hate that language, don't we, in our culture mm-hmm. today? But then you look at what he goes on to say about, you know, husbands laying down your lives, right. but your wife as Christ laid down his life, and you think, mm-hmm. wow, that that is the radical message in that culture. That is so countercultural. That is so different and you know I only need to look at Jesus to see someone who treats women so beautifully and I think wow that is exactly the kind of man I want to spend time with and that's exactly the kind of God that is just a a joy to worship. Very cool. All right well let's uh, turn to Sean here. Sean let's hear about you. Uh, You're not from London. 
Nope, not from London. Where, where are yeah, you from? Yeah, I'm from Portland, Oregon. So okay, West so Coast you're from the other side of, uh, of, the, of the U.S. That's right. Moved around a bit. Moved uh, from Portland to Washington, D.C. when I joined uh, the t- RZM team there in D.C. for a year, then moved down here. And mm-hmm. I told um, Vince when he asked me to come on board, I was like, just don't move. Don't try to do a rectangle around the U.S. Don't <laughs> I mean, I like the, I like, I like the, uh, the weather in California and everything, but I kind of want to settle down with some yeah. of my family because so, we've been moving for years. But it's, um, yeah, so... From Portland, Oregon, very interesting place, as yeah. a lot of people mm. um, imagine it to be. Yeah, probably somewhat <laughs> kind of secular like London. Though. Yeah, right. I, actually, as Joe, as Joe was talking about that, I was thinking about the fact that the um, in Portland, it's an interesting place in that it's sec- it's secular, right. but there's it's actually a very easy place to have conversation about spiritual mm. things. Mm. Yeah. I think because it's one of the places where people see tolerance and spiritual spirituality as like a good thing. A lot of times people will be like, ooh, you're from Portland. It's like, isn't that a really dark place? Right. It's like, well, I mean, in a sense, it's very unchurched. There's not a lot There's not a lot of Christianity there. So there is that counting the cost that Joe was talking about. Right. But at the same time, it's a very easy place to talk about your faith because people are very open. I mean, I go into a coffee shop on Hawthorne Boulevard and I have people, you know, talking about their horoscope. And, you know, one guy saying like, Hey man, I'm glad you came. I'm, I I saved your horoscope for you, and I'm like, this is an interesting place to be studying theology, and it's I find it actually a really challenging place to be in the coffee shop studying my theology because I'm like surrounded with people and like that are willing to have spiritual conversations. Yeah. And as someone with a heart for evangelism, it's really hard to get any work done. My wife yeah. kind of finally told me like, you need to stay home if you want to get work done. <laughs> I imagine, but you but you have to be studied up in in that mm-hmm. context because people are going to ask questions. And and you got to be prepared, as as First Peter tells us. Yeah, um, yeah. And I I think one of the things that when we talk about preparation, we really do have to know our context. Yeah. Um, people sometimes will ask me, well, I mean, I want to I want to get into you know apologetics or in answering people's questions. Where do I start? And I say, I my first question back is, well, who do you know? So in Portland, there are particular um, things I should know about New Age spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you know. You may you your neighbor may be a Muslim. Your neighbor may be a Mormon. Let that let who you know, let who you're connected to guide your study, because hmm. you can learn a whole lot about something that you'll never touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's that? What what good is that? Well, you can you can talk about it a little bit, but you want we want everything that we're learning to have an impact on people coming to know Christ, and so yeah. we have to know those people we're talking to, know their worldviews. So yeah. All right, talking to uh, Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from RZIM and the Zacharias Institute. So you are the assistant director of the Zacharias Institute. What do you do there? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, so um, we have Vince as director, Joe, dean of studies. I like to say I'm the third wheel. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tricycle. It's okay. I'm I'm invited into the family, and it is awesome. Uh, I love it. Uh, Yeah, so as assistant director, I mean, we, we really share a lot of responsibilities um, I love the description in the title that says "and to do and to do other things that are needed." Basically, <laughs> you always want to have that in a job title because then yeah. it basically opens up to everything. And so we we all I mean we partner together as a team and everything. So I I was part of actually coming up with the some of the skeletal framework for the refresh conference that mm-hmm. Vince was talking about. Yeah. And I brought it to the team and we kind of hashed it over. Said let's keep this, let's modify this. So. We all take different um, responsibilities in that. I lead the university missions in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the U.K., university missions have been going on for a long time over there. I, that's one of the ways I got involved with the RZIM is I had a vision to come back to the U.S. and start this new model of 
reaching out to universities for an entire week hmm. and going in with a team of evangelists, doing 15 talks in one week, two lunchtime, two lunchtime talks, and an evening a talk every day, where you start to actually, the gospel starts to seep and soak into the university, yeah. rather than it just being like one event, which we do those as well, right, and God right. uses those in mighty ways. But to actually be there and engage in a process of someone coming to faith, so we'll have atheists show up on a Monday maybe bring some big objections, be even a little bit rude with their questions. Mm-hmm. And we're just patient and we, res- we um, respect lovingly. Then we ask them to go to coffee. And as the week goes on, we see people come to Christ on Thursday or Friday in some of the most amazing ways. And wow. I remember one woman in um, Cardiff, she um, had, you know, the big question of, um, you know, what do you do with homosexuality? And it was very, very volatile conversation mm-hmm. that she wanted to have, but ended up being a gentle conversation. Well, towards the end of the week, she said, this wasn't supposed to happen. As in, I wasn't, suppo- I, I wasn't supposed to become a Christian. It's like, isn't that funny how God does yeah. what did, wasn't in your plan, but was in his plan? Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's a privilege for me to be um, part of leading that around the um, U.S. We were on UC Berkeley's campus last year. We're going back again this year. We'll be at University of Florida as well mm-hmm. in February. So just excited for what God's doing and where, where he's going with all this. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably in the U.S., uh, colleges in the U.S., you know, we talked about how there's probably some, uh, I wouldn't say hostility, but it's mm-hmm. not very welcomed at Oxford. But I imagine in the U.S. especially, it's getting that way as well at, yeah, on college yeah. campuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's just a lot of questions. I mean, actually, one of the things I run, we run into on universities, um, you know, we talk about the staggering numbers of people who walk away from their faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't actually see people making these deconversion, deliberate deconversion decisions right. um, as sometimes people imagine it. What I see is like a boat drifting away hmm. and they get to university. They don't set up habits of meeting or opening their Bible or right. going to church. And then all of a sudden they're just drifting. And so what do yeah. we see happen in these on these university missions? We see people come to faith. We see people come back that were drifting and we see people get on fire for evangelism. Awesome. It's uh, Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from Robbie Zacharias International Ministries. We'll come back and talk about the church conference. I want to talk to you about uh, a, a very unfortunate loss that you guys just had at RZIM. All that coming up after this on the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. Stay with us. You can tune in anytime you like, but you can never leave. Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Yeah, it's the Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. It's Dan Radcliffe without Rick Probst. But Tiana Bogino is yes. here. Capably, ably, very, uh, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. You're doing I, I a great job it. filling Thank in. You. Thank filling you so his much. shoes very well. Um, we have in the studio with us Joe, uh, Joe Vitale. I keep wanting to say Vince because we had Vince last mm-hmm. time, but uh, his right. much better half, Joe Vitale, uh, <laughs> in the studio along with Sean Hart from uh, Robbie Zacharias Ministries and specifically the Zacharias Institute both you guys work for and uh, we're going to be talking about the church leaders conference that's coming up uh, real quick but uh, we want to take care of this bit of business oh yeah here. absolutely we have a really great resource from truth for life with alistair Begg. it's called parenting god's way it is a free booklet and if you're interested in receiving one you can head to faithtalkatlanta.com um just fill out the form there there'll be a banner ad at the top of our page um Put in your address and we'll ship you one. Now, with Alistair Begg, I think I'd rather have the audio version. Alistair Begg. listen to that he Scottish awesome. accent that he's, he's got. so awesome. Oh, you probably hear Scottish accents all the time, or used to at least. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Now, could, could you easily now. tell the difference between Scottish and Irish and everything yeah, else? Yeah, it's very easy in England. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. but I'm, I'm still trying to learn the American accents. I mean, that's the whole <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's almost different languages. It really I mean, is. There's, Especially there's Louisiana, several... that one's challenging. Oh, yeah. That, that is a hard one, definitely. <laughs> New York? 
is hard because, um, you know, it's it's very different. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just all very different. That one's okay because it's Vince's family. In fact, the first time I met his great uncle, I talked to him about half an hour and finally he cut me off and said, Doll, everything you say is so beautiful, but I can't understand a word. <laughs> Where am I? I love it. That is awesome. You do a great New York accent. That was good. Yeah, very awesome good. practice. Can, yeah. you do, can you do some Southern for us? Y'all. That's all I've got right now. Ask me. Ask me in six months. All you got to be able to say is Chick-fil-A, sweet tea, uh, and y'all. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much cold. Why do you drink cold tea? It's just so confusing. I know. To me. I know. Yeah, that's probably probably mm-hmm. very weird. All right, uh, we're going to be talking about the church leaders conference here real quick. But but real quick, I want to talk about uh, a loss. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. bring it down a little bit. But uh, I, I don't want to uh, pass this up without you guys being able to talk about Nabil. Koreshi, is that how you say it? yeah, said his last right. name? Yeah. Uh, and who just recently passed away and was just on fire for, for God and, and, mm-hmm. and making him known. Tell us a little bit about him and the impact that he had. Um, Nabil is just a wonderful person. So Nabil, um, he, he grew up a devout Muslim. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he got to university, he spent several years arguing about Christianity and Islam with a friend. And gradually over that time, um, Jesus Christ just revealed himself to him. Wow. And um, Nabil went on to write an amazing book about his story called Seeking Allah and Finding Jesus, which actually had such a profound impact that he didn't expect it wound up on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. And you know, he went on to become a, you know, a full-time apologist, evangelist, and um, joined Ravi Zacharias International Ministries a few years ago. Um, my husband Vince and I got to know him very well because he was studying in Oxford um, while we were living there the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. we were actually neighbors in the same building. Oh, and wow. Mm-hmm. Just really dear friends of ours. And Neville has a um, a wonderful wife called Michelle and a daughter called Aya. And mm. um, and actually what we love most about Nabil, he, I mean, his ministry is incredible, but the best thing about him is what you see is what you get. He has such integrity. He's the same person in his home um, than he is on the stage. And I mm. think what we'd say about him is he's profoundly hospitable. He just... Um, loves people and he loves God and you know you'd hang out you'd have a really fun evening chatting about things and he would never leave his house without him saying let's just pray because he just wanted to spend time with the people he loved and with the God that he loved and that was just always um true of who he was so it's it's been really um it's been very sad for Mm -hmm. for all of us he's been praying for a year he was diagnosed um, last summer um, with stage four stomach cancer. Wow. And so many, many people were praying for him that God would heal him. And, and he was young, wasn't at he? 34. 34 yeah. Golly, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, Man. And then he, he passed away last week. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I think when I, when I think about Nabil, one of the things that I was always struck by was I loved praying with him because I've actually never prayed with someone who I felt as they're praying, they, they really, I really saw him picturing himself right before God. Wow. Like his, yeah. his prayers were so, I mean, just, just the way he approached God, he was just so humble. So it was so intimate. You could tell he had this very, very deep relationship, which is what he took everywhere with him. And yeah. I, I, as he, as he, as he spoke, it was just so passionate. He would challenge, challenge people to come to Christ and people would, but also challenge the church to love their Muslim neighbor. Mm. And basically I remember him telling a story. He tells it in seeking Allah, finding Jesus. He said, you know, there was someone who came to the U S and when they came, um, I can't remember where, where it was from. It was in the Middle East somewhere and brought a, a suitcase full of gifts that they were going to give to all the people who were going to invite them into their home hmm. and be hospitable because that's what you would do to someone who comes to the culture, right? Right. And the person went back home with a suitcase, not one gift given out because wow. no one invited them. Hmm. But they were expecting to be invited into yeah. their home. And that was so, that was so challenging to me hmm. as someone who lives in a, in a culture where we have – all people of all different cultures visiting. So 
Nabil was uncompromising in his faith and uncompromising in mm. challenging people to truly live out this faith. What is it that Jesus has done for us? And we need to live for him. Mm. So he's wow. yeah, he's going to be great, greatly missed. We're all heading to his um, memorial service celebration of his life tomorrow. Mm. And yeah. We'll be heading there um, in, in Houston. So. Mm. Wow. I think one of the one of the tough things about something like this is, you know, I think it's Aldo Huxley who said, um, in our culture, we treat death as an unfounded rumor. You know, when someone dies young, you just, it's the shock of it. You know, people don't expect it, especially when right. you're praying for them to be healed. And it's just such a stark reminder of the full and broken nature of our world, mm-hmm. you know, and the suffering that God doesn't desire for us. But actually what has been astounding is even through this this journey and this suffering the way that god has been at work through him and reaching so many thousands of people and just watching um you know his faith in mm-hmm. the face of, of this kind of suffering it's just been the most profound witness actually last week um we came across a clip of his where he's talking about the resurrection and this is what he says and it's just so beautiful he said um what the resurrection means is that if it comes to a point in your life when it seems that even death is inevitable and there is no way to escape it well death is not the end there is more there is hope no mm. matter what you know and it was just that's such a profound witness because mm-hmm. you know, we all are going to face death at some point so the question is how do you face it and I think Nabil just lived it out to such a degree that people could see both in the way he lived and mm-hmm. even in approaching death that actually it's Christianity that gives you hope and gives you something you know to believe in beyond the mm-hmm. grave and, and answers that I think we're all searching for so you know even as we grieve him you know so much actually we're astonished even now the way that god is reaching people through him and the impact that his life will continue to have Mm -hmm. and he is celebrating in heaven right now Mm -hmm. just dancing on the streets wow man all right well thank you so much for for sharing about him i just Mm -hmm. uh, wanted you guys to uh, to, to let people know about Nabil and uh, and what's the name of his book again? If people want to seeking pick that up. Allah, finding Jesus. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, I would, I would love book. to read that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the upcoming Church uh, Leaders Conference, which is coming up uh, October third through fifth at the Zachari- at the Zacharias Institute, right? Yes, okay, I just right. want to make sure yeah. it's at the right uh, right place. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, kind of, I guess, the title or whatever is "How Does the Church Meet Today's Rising Challenges to Christianity?" Yeah. Um, so tell us first of all what this is about, because this is the first one you guys have done. Is that is that right? This the, is the church first, leader. Yes, this okay. is the first of this kind. So, um, firstly, just want people to know this isn't just for senior pastors. You mm-hmm. know, we really want this to reach people in all levels of leadership within the church, whether you're a worship pastor or a, you know a children's or youth worker, or a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader. And um, this is really for everyone. And the reason we say that. Is because we're going to be wrestling with some big questions that people ask, questions of science and sexuality, mm. of you know, the intellect and identity, of history and the heart, just so many different um challenging questions that our culture has for Christianity and these are questions that people have inside the church as well as outside of it and and so whatever kind of leader you are within the church, you not only be, need to be able to um, understand these questions for yourself but also be able to um, to answer them within your congregations to encourage other Christians and how to see questions and um, not as something to be fearful of when people ask <laughs> Which probably them. a lot of leaders yeah, do. <laughs> we get nervous right we all have a list of like the top 10 questions you have nobody ever asks right. you about your faith and you know it's thinking okay rather than being scared of those questions how yeah. do we embrace them how do we see them as an open door to walk through to present the gospel of Jesus how do we see them as a gift when you mm-hmm. get a question like that that's what we're trying to equip the church for so our, our vision for the conference is to you know help equip people in levels of leadership so they can pass it on to their mm-hmm. churches and their congregations and have a wider impact that way. And one of the great things there is that it's not just um, our ZIM itinerant speakers. We'll have several of our you know best speakers, but also we'll have pastors there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Albury, who's a speaker, was pastor for was it like was it like fifteen years yeah, or so? Right. Um, and 
Crawford Loritz, local uh, from Fellowship Bible, so he'll be there. Yeah. Who also, and then uh, Louis Giglio as well. So mm-hmm. it's Louis it's, who? It, I never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that, I think I mean, he's from around yeah, here. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it's people who are um, you know really shepherding a local or, or just steeped in a local flock that are just there in the church and are wrestling with people through a lot of these issues. But they're also the team of RZM speakers who have a lot of touch points with the global church. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good, um, you know, good synergy there but that's going to be taking place. So, so what are, what would be some of the common questions that leaders yeah. might go, eh, I don't want to be asked that. <laughs> what, uh, do, you, uh, do you have a list gosh, of them? Or? Yeah, we're going to hit a whole <laughs> load of these questions. So Samuel Bree has written the book, Is God Anti-Gay? So he'll be speaking to the challenge of human sexuality. We've got, um, Professor John Lennox he used to be the pre- professor of mathematics at Oxford University. He's going to be speaking on faith and science and has wow. science buried God. You know, how as Christians do we respond to to those questions? We've got Abdu Murray, who is a former Muslim, who's going to be speaking on that. You know, um, how we understand Islam and Christianity, and particularly how do you love and reach your Muslim neighbors? We've got Ravi Zacharias, which is always a, a blessing. He'll be speaking yeah. about lessons from antiquity for postmodern times. You know, what can we take from the past? We're going to have topics on pluralism. You know, what do we do? with you know people who say you know you believe what you want to believe i'll believe what i want to believe and let's just get on with it you know how do you do all roads lead the same place and then you know things like how do we not only trust the reliability of the bible but actually the character of the god of the bible what about people saying god is sexist god is genocidal god approves slavery I will be giving yeah, that right. um, But any hard questions, I'll pass on to Robbie. <laughs> Robbie can take it. He can take it. Man, yeah. Oh, gosh. Just absolutely love him. All right. Well, we need to take a break, unfortunately, but we will come back and uh, dig a little bit more into some of these questions and specifically what you'll be talking about and, uh, and Sean, what you're going to be doing there and uh, how you're going to be keeping everything together and holding I'll, it all together. I'll be enjoying it. No pressure. Right. No pressure. <laughs> it's the uh, Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. We're talking with Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from Zacharias Institute. We will be right back. Two hosts, one radio program. Because we take this so seriously. Usually. Faith Talk Live on Faith Talk Atlanta. It is Faith Talk Live with Dan Ratcliffe. And Tiana Bogino. Yeah, and Rick is out today, but uh, he'll be back. Not to worry. He'll Not be to back. worry. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Yeah. Actually, tomorrow it's a, it's a best of. Oh, it is? It is, oh, yes. And then okay. for like all next week, because I'm taking some time off. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and uh, apparently Rick can't run it without okay. me. So. <laughs> anyway. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we'll be having best ofs. This show in particular, I'm uh, I'm betting we'll be here next Absolutely. week as part of the best of, because uh, this is some good stuff here. And uh, just being able to hear about uh, Nabil uh, mm-hmm. last, in the last segment. And uh, we're talking about the uh, Church Leadership Conference. It's coming up October 3rd through the 5th at the Zacharias Institute. Before we get back into that real quick, let's talk about the Pastor Appreciation Event. Can you talk about that? Yes. Am that I putting is, you on the spot? You are a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> it's coming up on October 19th. Um, it'll be at the Crown Plaza Ravinia yep. over at Perimeter. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great day. Rick and Dan are hosting the event, which will oh, be are? amazing. I <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. They'll be there. Um, we will be doing a live broadcast that mm-hmm. morning from the event. A.R. Bernard will be our guest speaker. Speaker, which mm-hmm. will be amazing. If you'd like to register, it is only $10 to register. You can head to faithtalkatlanta.com yeah. and go ahead and sign up. Great It'll be amazing. For, great way for pastors to get poured into because pastors Absolutely. pour out so much throughout the week and we just want to love on them and, and, and mm-hmm. show them that it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, and then uh, well, actually before that, hopefully they will go to the Church Leaders Conference, which is coming to the Zacharias Institute. It's called How Does the Church Meet Today's Rising Challenges to Christianity? So let me pose the question and maybe it's a softball, but what are some of the rising challenges mm-hmm. to Christianity that we're facing? 
Oh gosh, it's almost like, where do we we start? (laughs) (laughs) You're anywhere with this. I think, actually, interesting, one one of the challenges is um, the perception that people have of Christians Mm -hmm. in the culture today. You know, I I think it used to be the case that people think, oh, bless those Christians, they're slightly naive and foolish. They're so cute. They're so cute. Let let them do their thing, you know. But now, um, now I think there's actually a genuine uh, suspicion of Christians, a sort Mm. of hostility, thinking actually your beliefs are maybe dangerous or Mm. harmful or, you know, oppressive. I, one of my colleagues says it this way: says, you know, people used to think of Christians as um, do-gooders. Now they think of, of them as bad doers. You know, oh, that's wow. that's sort of how we're seen. And and I think even more so, one of the challenges is not just how Christians are seen, but of course how the God of Christianity is seen. And um, you know, views of of who is the God of the Bible? What's his character like? Mm-hmm. Is he actually a good God? Because some of the texts we find in the Old Testament we really struggle with. And mm. you know, that's not just um, uh, skeptics or those who are hostile. I, I met a girl on a university campus. Last year, Christians had said to her, um, you know, if you want to know about Christianity, just go away and read the Bible. So she started reading it, um, but no one told her how. Uh, and so she starts in the Old Testament. She's reading through and she's thinking, how can, can God say these things are good? And, right. you know, so note to Christians, that if you're going to ask someone to read the Bible, which is a wonderful idea, but give them some guidance on yeah. where to start. Because, yeah. you know, maybe even, do it with them. Maybe yeah. do it with yeah. them. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Maybe start with Jesus and, you know, yeah. what are the fundamentals of faith? And well, so. And if, if they're not a Christian, they don't have the Holy Spirit to illuminate right. what they're reading. That's right. So right. it could be right. just completely foreign. And that. even something as simple as saying, hey, a lot of the things in here are descriptive, not prescriptive. They're right. here because it happened, not because God's saying this is something to emulate or that he approves mm, yeah. or thinks yeah. it's a good idea. Mm. And But it's not just those outside the church. And this is why we're so passionate about the Church Leaders Conference, because Christians are struggling with questions about the character of God. Is he really good? Because they're hearing the news all the time. You know, the Christians yeah. are oppressive and they're thinking, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, is is that true? You know, is, is that really um, what my faith is about? Mm-hmm. God, are you, are you good? They're wrestling. I got a text from one of my best friends just this week saying, please can we meet up and talk because I'm reading through the Old Testament and I'm really struggling with some of these texts and actually it's really shaking my faith so we're just passionate about helping (laughs) equip Christians just to stand firm in their faith and know that actually they can have confidence that God is not only good he's better than they think that he's just he's loving he is life and I think I think one of the challenges we also see is how do we posture ourselves in this culture of where there's this polarization I mean Mm -hmm. there's this you know, someone's speaking out against this, so all of a sudden they're my enemy. And mm-hmm. there's so people are not knowing how to disagree well. Yeah. And so even that wanna, is so I, well said. I, you I, are I, so right. I want to say even if the church workers, the church pastors, whoever it is, the, whoever considers themselves a church leader, even if you have the content, mm-hmm. how do you actually communicate that content? Mm-hmm. Is is so key. Do we do it as you cited First Peter three fifteen mm-hmm. with gentleness right. and respect? And so. I, I understand a lot of the, the some of the pushback that happens because people are the churches are trying to figure out how do we respond to secularization, how do we respond to what's going on in the culture, and unfortunately, I see a lot of people j- kind of joining the side of like, well, let's just fire bombs over the church walls right. of people, and yeah. how do we actually posture ourselves to be inviting, still stand for truth, mm-hmm. never compromise on that, mm-hmm. but still be inviting because the church has gone through some and it continues to go through some shift in that. It used to be if someone had a spiritual uh, question sitting in their living room, hmm, I have this question. They might go down the street to the church and ask the pastor. But where we're at now, people are going to pull out their phone, Google it, and there are a lot of people who have an answer for you. And so the church is not in a place of prominence within Mm -hmm. the neighborhood even to be the place where people will go. So how do we then, this brings us to mission, how do we reach them? Mm -hmm. But people don't want to be reached by a church that doesn't have the right posture even. So we have to think through how do we posture ourselves in this culture where secularism is both structurally there, but Mm -hmm. also seeping in to where there's just assumptions within the congregation that 
are, are pouring into the church. So. I love the word picture you used of, of just you know, lobbing bombs. I mean, I think so much of a lot of times we we expect uh, like the government to legislate morality, and it's mm-hmm. it's never going to work if 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 the, the the gospel of Christ is not out there to change people's mm-hmm. hearts. Uh, so I, I would guess that's probably a big part of uh, the, the leadership conference as well is. That's changing the right. hearts of the, of the people in your church. <laughs> yeah, not only how do you stand confident in your faith, but how do you communicate it with compassion? I was so deeply challenged on this point personally. Actually, last year when we were at UC Berkeley's campus and we oh, happened yeah. to be there on International Women's Day and I was speaking on Is the Bible Sexist? So yeah. it was quite a, an interesting day. But, you know, women were all over campus. They were protesting. There was a lot of anger in the crowds. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it would have been very tempting to look at them and feel defensive or to think, oh, they're being over the top or just to judge what they were right. doing. And, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of felt that temptation in my heart but then when we were walking among them and speaking with these women and just listening to their stories and letting them share why they were there and story after story of pain mm-hmm. and hurt and realizing, wow, I've been so judgmental. You know, I've been feeling a bit defensive, but actually what I need to be is disarming because these mm-hmm. are yeah. hurting people. It makes me think of what Christ, you know, when, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion mm-hmm. on them because mm-hmm. they were harassed and helpless like sheep yeah. without a shepherd. And I think that's the truth that people are harassed and helpless and, and they're looking for hope, but they don't know where to go. And, and so for us, it's how do we have that heart of Jesus mm-hmm. to be filled with compassion and how do we make our words filled with compassion we want to speak truth we want to be able to bring challenge but we want to be able to do that in such a loving way and that actually people love it when we disagree with them because they experience such love even Mm. in the disagreement yeah you're listening to joe vitale and sean hart from uh, zacharias institute now i want to ask you we got a couple minutes left here i want to ask Mm -hmm. joe you specifically you're talking about reading the good news in a bad news culture what what exactly is that about yeah so i'm going to be addressing the fact that um there are so many rumors you hear today about uh, the God of the Bible. Oh, yeah. um, I was sitting on a plane the other day and I told him that I, uh, this guy I was sitting next to was an agnostic. I told him I studied the Old Testament. He said, oh, no, you love all that fire and brimstone stuff. But, you know, <laughs> that's just the view people have. And, you yeah. know, I hear it all the time. Every time we go to university campuses or all kinds of different mm-hmm. contexts, the questions are always the God of the Old Testament is genocidal. You know, he stones people. He hates right. women. He's homophobic. All these mm-hmm. all these untruths that are spoken about God because people, you know, aren't willing to take the time to, right. to really get to know what he's like and so that session is going to be looking at how do we actually come to understand scripture how do we read it well in such a way that um, we can see who God really is even in the middle of difficult texts I remember um, as a child um, watching the film Titanic and my grandfather walks into the room at the one scene in the film that you Wait, don't you want to watch. you were a child when Titanic was out <laughs> I was I, I feel so dating old now. myself <laughs> <laughs> I'm dating you actually yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember he, he just looked at the screen he said don't you girls have anything better to watch and walked out and I I just want to say no but in the context of the film it's not all like this don't judge me but people do that with the bible they open yeah. a passage they walk in they assume the worst and walk away without ever taking the time to think god what right. are you really saying who are you how do i understand what this meant at the time in order to understand what it means for me today and so i'm just passionate about helping people see the god of the bible is a god you can trust he's a god who's faithful yesterday today and forever he's been good in the past and therefore you can trust him even today it's Joe Vitale and Sean Hart from Zacharias Institute. Now, uh, it's October 3rd through 5th. How can folks find out more about it and get signed up for it? Go to rzm.org slash CLC2017, 2017. All right. And that has the schedule on there, registration. And with the Pastors Appreciation Month, we're even saying, you know, it might be something you think about giving as a gift yeah. to yeah. your pastor or giving as a gift to someone who's in, you know, Sunday school teacher or youth worker. So just 
even even if you are not a church leader, right? But you right. have a family member or someone who is in that. It might be th- worth thinking about um, even gifting that ninety nine dollars for this lineup. Yeah. I could see people actually trying to become church leaders just to be able to be qualified <laughs> yeah. to be able to come. Man, <laughs> just some some fantastic speakers and mm-hmm. teachers that are going to be there. Oh gosh. Can't wait to hear about it. RZIM.com to find out more information. Joe Vitale, Sean Hart, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you. Wish we had another hour to talk more about this. It's fascinating. (laughs) Uh, But you can find out more. RZIM.org. That's the it for uh, Faith Talk Live. I'm Dan Radcliffe. I'm Tiana Bogino. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.